This week, I welcome Laura Pearman to the show. She's a photographer who specialises in headshots. If you're in business, have a website and use social media, you should consider investing in some killer headshots to elevate your brand. Welcome to episode 135 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Welcome to another episode of the show and thanks as always for downloading or streaming the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to plug me and my guests into your earphones. Before we get into this week's interview, can I ask you a favour? It'll only take you two minutes, and I promise you will be doing me a massive, massive favour. If you enjoy the show, please, can you go and leave me a quick review on iTunes? Maybe do it now before you forget. All you need to do is visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes, and it'll direct you to the relevant page. It will help me a great deal if you could do this. It'll improve my ratings, it'll boost me in the rankings, it'll attract more listeners, and with more listeners, I can attract more guests to the show who can share their insights and ideas with you. So, let's get talking to Laura Pearman. We chat about why finding your niche is important and why Laura decided to focus her photography business on headshots, why you need killer headshots for your website and social media profiles. Whilst mobile phone photographs are good enough, a professional shoot always takes your brand to the next level. And the process Laura goes through to find the real you, maybe the quirky you, to develop the best images for your business and personal brand. Laura set up Pearman Photography after travelling the world and working as an auditor in UK financial services. She focuses on headshots and has a mission to improve profile headshots one undermining selfie at a time. She genuinely believes and can prove that a killer headshot can grow your business and make you money. So let's get straight into that interview with Laura right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Laura, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hello, I'm very pleased to be here and hello to all of your listeners. Laura, tell me, where are we Skyping each other from today? You're quite close to me, aren't you? I'm in Edinburgh, yeah, of course. relatively close in podcasting terms. I'm in uh, Gateshead near Newcastle. Fantastic. So you're just over 100 miles away. And recently I've had people on the podcast from um, from America and, and South Africa. So you really are you close go. in relative just terms. down the road, man. <laughs> Laura, you are a photographer, a photographer extraordinaire, a globe-trotting photographer. Um, just before we pressed record there, you were telling me that you'd been over at Social Media Marketing World taking headshots of yeah. famous social media people. So today we're going to talk a bit about how businesses and financial services businesses take up about 80% of the listeners of this podcast, so it's relevant to them, but how businesses can use photography to really ramp up the attention they get to their websites and their other marketing. But before we get into that, Laura, why not tell everyone who's listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, where you're going, what your ambitions are, and basically what makes Laura Pearman tick? 
<laughs> That's a lovely tall order, but I am happy to take it. Um, so, yeah, I actually have had a little bit of a dalliance myself in the financial world, believe okay. it or not, as a creative. Um, when I, I did a public relations and marketing degree, first off, when I left school. Okay. And um, my first job was in the telecommunications industry, working for BT. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got that job because I knew I wanted to travel. So I came out of university um having done public relations and I thought I like to talk but I don't think I want to twist the truth so (laughs) much for a career that Mm -hmm. ain't me Mm -hmm. um my parents were not very happy by that obviously so I decided yeah I'm going to go backpacking I'll just put it off I'll not be very responsible but I did that and had a great time but I landed in Australia completely broke and um, found myself working for a company that specialised in getting tax returns for backpackers. So in Australia, you pay um, I, at the time you paid about thirty percent of your wages in tax. Now, right. if you're a backpacker and you're not a resident of that country, there's a tiny little loophole there where you could claim that money back before you left the country. Right. So that was where I worked. I helped all of these different backpackers get that money back. And obviously, because you're in the backpacker mindset, you will get that money and you could carry on trucking. You could <laughs> keep on traveling. Yeah. So I did a little bit of marketing there, but I also learned what it is to lodge tax, tax returns, fill in all of these quite complicated bits of paper. And kind of became accustomed to that whole world, you know, all of that lingo and what it is. Um, So by the time I came back after that adventure, I found myself working in the insurance industry. Right, right. Um, And I was doing, um, I worked in Norwich, so you can imagine where I was working. Um, And I was doing risk and auditing and measuring different risks and how to mitigate those risks um, and dealing in the insurance world. So I did that for a couple of years. An auditor at Aviva. Yes, an auditor at Aviva. And um, I again, I got a little bit bored because I am not, really made for that world but I was doing I was making great money it was pre-2008 <laughs> and um I ended up meeting a new man and um he was like I'm gonna go traveling and I thought oh you know I, I'm 25 I've got to get serious with my life <laughs> <laughs> and um he was like do you want to come with me so I was like yeah all right come on let's do it so I ended up going traveling again and um, we went, he was in Japan, but I met up with him in Australia, my old stomping ground by that point. And he, I'm with him now, he's a landscape photographer. So he'd be saying things to me like, Laura, we've got to be up at 4.30 tomorrow morning because I need to get the sunrise from that angle. And um, we were living in a little van bumming around. And over time, I was just kind of picking up what lens was this and you know what this tripod was and how you put up a tripod properly and after about two or three months I really really got into this whole photography game and um, by the time we got to New Zealand I was filling in a UCAS application form in the middle of the night to um, try and get onto a photography degree course for when we came back to Newcastle and luckily because um Tom was au fait with how the whole thing worked because he was fully trained. He had me developing a bit of a portfolio. He had me sketching out my ideas. 
And um, when we landed, luckily I had got an interview and um, my work was good enough that they gave me an unconditional offer. Fantastic. So I went back to uni as a mature student and worked my butt off. Um, I wasn't as interested in the whole partying thing that you are when you're a student the first time around. (laughs) I did a little bit of it. Um, but I just did every single assistant job that I could get whilst I was a student. So if there was a sports photographer, I was out there helping them, wedding photographer, helping them, you know, every single type of photography I tried to assist for so that I had the best CV in the class. And um, I luckily had a job offer when I left my degree course. So I worked for a couple of years in the industry, learning how the studio business works or in portraiture, and then um, got a got a full time job working as like a principal photographer in a portraiture studio. Um, but it was a really badly run business and um, I, I wasn't getting paid on time. The guy was treating customers really badly. Mm. And this was going on and on and on for a period of time. And then just before Christmas, you can imagine Christmas is a really busy time in that business. Um, Just before Christmas, um, I lost my temper with him and and I walked out. um, He still owes me money, this guy. And um, I had we had a miserable Christmas. I had no money. And I just thought, you know what? I can do a better job myself. So set up my business. And that was five years ago. Fantastic. And and and. Do you specialise in headshots is or, or is that just one part of yeah, your repertoire? So that's right. I started out um, doing a classical portraiture studio setup because that is where I had started. Mm. Um, but over time, um, everyone was like, oh, you've got a niche down, you've got a niche down. And I, you know, I, I've done marketing. I should know better. I studied <laughs> yes. it. Um, and I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just kind of be the girl who does photos for anyone who needs them. Um but when you think about it in marketing terms, that's what, five, six, seven different marketing plans? Mm. And I'm only one human woman. I can't deliver on those marketing plans and run the business and do the finance. You know, it just, it's not sustainable. So over time, I started thinking, yeah, I, I really do need a niche down. And I'm not a photographer who particularly enjoys working weddings. It's just not, it's not for me. Um I love working with children, but I don't necessarily love the horror, the model of it. So mm-hmm. you have to do all the work and then hope for the sale afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way that that business works in this particular region anyway. And then I started thinking, hang on a second, Laura, you have a whole um, marketing expertise here. You're good at pulling apart brands and analyzing them. Why are you not using that whole skill set mm-hmm. in your photography? Mm-hmm. So it kind of, I had a bit of a light bulb moment a few years ago and I was like, oh yeah, put those together and yeah, killer headshots. And this is where it's at now. Everyone's using social media and everyone's putting themselves out there. We've got a huge surge in personal branding and mm. um, huge surge in people becoming entrepreneurs and being proud of being entrepreneurs now's the time to be specializing in being a headshots photographer so that's what led me into doing that and it, i have to say it's working it's working a damn so better than having seven different marketing plans no <laughs> I, I think that's a really important lesson and funnily enough i was writing an article a financial services article yesterday and i do think that these days a lot of people in many different sorts of businesses do tend to target themselves 
too wide. So, you know, you'll ask them who their target market is and they'll say, oh, anybody between 25 and 55. And you think, well, I'm sorry, but that's too that's too broad, especially if you're a small business. You know, unless you've got bottomless pockets and lots of money to spend on advertising and, and content, you're not going to get the customers you need unless you absolutely focus. And, and you've obviously realized from what you've said that there is a big market for headshots. And, and you know, I'm, a mar- I, I, I'm in the market for a headshot. You know, I'm one of these procrastinators. I've been saying that I'm going to get some headshots done probably for the last 18 months. And here I am and I haven't had them done. And, and you know, one of the reasons why, Laura, is because we all carry a massive digitally powerful camera around in our pockets these days called the phone. And do you, do you find that that's been a bit of a hindrance to the development of your business these days? People say, Oh, I don't need to employ a photographer to take a photograph. I can just do it on my phone or I'll get my wife to do it or my kid to do it. (laughs) Is that a problem? It's interesting in the world of photography. So there is a lot of, um, people in the photography world who are, you know, they hate the phone and Mm. they say that it's like the worst thing ever in the photography industry. Mm. But guess what? They are the exact same people who were saying that about digital photography, you know, go back 10 years. So I actually tell people, use your phone more, start Mm. taking more selfies. I have um, guides on how to get better selfies. I want you to be more vain. I want you to put more content out there where you're taking pictures of yourself because as soon as you get, you will top out. You're, if you're in the financial sector, you are not going to be as good a photographer as a professional photographer, just as not. much as I can't do what you do. No, no. <laughs> so keep using your phone, use it as much as you can. Um, and then when you're ready and you've hit your cap, then we can shoot a professional headshot because it's never going to be as glossy as what it what I can make it and what me and my team can make it. Um, and it's just, it's about explaining to people that it's the next level mm. from that. Mm. Um, and yeah, you can do amazing, incredible things with a phone, but that's not where I am. And this is the thing with a lot of people who are entering into the photography industry and they're chasing that price. You know, it's mm. like, oh, I'm cheaper well, yeah, but then you start to compete with exactly like what you said, the people who say, oh, well, I can just get some new phone filters on Instagram or I can I can download an app that does that. If, if you're chasing that market, it's never going to work. And you, you obviously, you know, we talk about that all the time in marketing. Price is just one of the seven Ps, isn't it? So, yeah. And of course, you, you, you. Price is important, but you also want to stand out and, yes. you know, you need to have a high quality output and I've, I've, I'm having a look at your website now and you know we've we've got meet Beverly she went quirky and it's a colorful photograph it's it is quirky it stands out the, the contrast of colors and the location and the angles are, are really good and I imagine it took quite a lot of planning to put that photograph together as opposed to just grabbing your iPhone pointing it and shooting it that's um, right yeah it's all about the consultancy that we do beforehand to realize right who are you and how do you fit within your brand and how can we realize that in a visual conceptual way and I know there might be a few listeners out there going oh yeah yeah whatever that sounds like real (laughs) visual blah 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 but it has got a real grounding so um I know I'm working with some of your listeners might know Richard Tubb yes 
Um, I'm working with him right now and I'm working alongside the person who's doing his graphic design Mm -hmm. and we're working together on the visual side and coming back as a team and we're kind of reporting back to him and saying right we found that there's loads of um we found these things and he's like oh I would never have seen that and but now we're working as a team on his behalf so it's kind of like you start and when you when you get this you you're employing these other specialists Mm. to do your bidding for you do you get what I mean it's it's kind of um, you become like this whole cool CEO it's like me getting um um, financial advisors to do things that I would never begin to understand It's absolutely essential. And and we've talked recently on the podcast about personal branding and about developing a brand for your business and the importance of standing out. And and it's absolutely right. And it really resonated with me what you said something before about social media, etc. Because these days, most people have a website and most websites will have photography in them. Most people have a Twitter account and you should have a decent profile shot. Most people have a LinkedIn account and you should have a decent profile shot. If you've got a Facebook page for your business, you probably want to have it. You know, headshots almost become one of the most important parts of somebody's personal brand. And it's not acceptable, really, if you want to stand out just to whip your phone out and take a quick photograph, nor is it acceptable to do what quite a lot of especially in the professional sector, a lot of businesses do, is just go onto the internet and source some stock photo of business people standing around shaking hands or sat at computers or smiling to the camera from a, in, in, a, in a sort of conference shot or something like that. If you really want to stand out, if you want to be different, then you've got to invest some time in a decent photograph of yourself. Yeah, this is it. Think how much time we are all spending now in um, social media. So, you know, you're you're scrolling through and you're seeing we're exposing ourselves to so many um, well-created social media profiles where, um, you know, the level of visual content now is so beyond what we could begin to imagine. Mm -hmm. So the average Joe is so much more visually astute then we give him or her credit for. So a stock photograph just will not do. It's fine to intersperse them in your content, but if you really do want to stand out and you want to be trusted, and that is so important in the financial sector, um, you're going to have to get personal with it. So I, I often, I have a few slides in talks that I deliver where I say, you know, the top of your profile, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you hang out and you um, communicate, the top of your profile is where you have the glossy headshot And then on your feed is where you're sharing all of these selfies that I'm encouraging you to do. So, you know, us and the team, we've been out here or this is me delivering a talk there. And you're documenting what it is you're doing on a day to day basis. Um, And people will be able to say straight away, oh, yeah, well, that's a professional shot. And oh, that's the phone shot. Mm. People know that. You Mm. know that if you're not and you're not a professional photographer, but you can just tell. So you can bet your bottom dollar if you're putting a blog out or some content out and you've put a stock picture, the people who are consuming that will just be able to tell. Mm. You're not fooling anyone. (laughs) If all of your content is just stock, you're coming across as like a faceless person. And when you take your face out of it, people... That it's not people think, well, what have they got to hide? Why can I never see this person? What is it about them? Why, where you know, and that that sense of uneasiness 
starts to create an element of mistrust mm-hmm. and you never want to do that if you're trying to get people to make investments or you know just pick up the phone and talk to you and build trust because it's it has that jarring sense with your brand doesn't it yeah so let's go through the process that you would take somebody through when you start to develop the imagery for them so let's imagine that there's a financial advisor running a firm they've got a website they're probably using a few stock shots maybe there's a headshot that they've had taken um, very quickly um, by a, a local photographer or they've done it themselves on their iPhone what what's the process that you would take them through to come up with that really high quality visual at the end of the um, process sure so what we would do is we i probably want to go and do quite a lot of in-depth research on what it is that they're putting out um and having like that, that fresh pair of eyes um you know i think when you're in it you can't kind of see the wood for the trees mm-hmm. so i would say let me let me come and analyze what it is you've got going on yeah So we'd start off with me doing that and then we could meet up and have a consultation to determine, right, this is what I'm seeing right now. Um, Are you aware of that? Are you happy with that? And where where are you aiming to go? Like if if it's just pictures of you, is there a team? Um, Is there somebody, you know, what's your goal in the next year? What's your goal in the next two years? Mm -hmm. Um, I often say to people, the, the headshot starts to go out of date a little bit after two years so (laughs) we want to look for the next two years where are we looking to be what do you want to be um representing across your business in a visual sense Mm -hmm. so we can then compare that to what is there right now so that kind of consultancy um then starts to generate something like a mood board so i would then go away and say right these are the kinds of ideas um that i was starting to develop from our talk and I will come back and say, right, this is the mood board of where I think we could go. Right. So we start to pull in some ideas. And sometimes at that point, we might need to pause, press the pause button. And someone might say, yeah, I hate everything that I've got going on right now. I've <laughs> completely changed my mind. I want to do a full rebrand. And then I would, you know, either make some introductions to graphic designers or rebranding teams. They might already have their own team. Um, and we might say, right, let's reconvene after you've done a full rebrand. Sometimes that's a whole new website. It's different for everyone. Sure. Um, but if if that's all good to go and they're happy with a mood board, then we would start looking at what level of a photo shoot. So I have um, four different services, Roger. So okay. I have a turbo session. That's kind of like a quick, no fuss, um, low must, half hour blast of a photo shoot. And then I have sessions that work all the way up through to the full shawami. Now, the full shawami is a whole day of photography. Now, some people might be listening going, are you kidding? Like, I am not that full of myself to need a whole day of photography. But actually, if we're looking at two or three different locations or we have a specific idea where we need to get from A to B and there's a whole different setup involved, we might really need a whole day Mm. of photography. Um, And that might also involve different people. So I've had people where they want to have a certain special effect 
or um, like I've had people who want to be looking like they want to blow up or people <laughs> who want to look like they want to fly through the sky. That involves getting a studio. It involves certain special effects, all those kinds of things. Um, and that is usually you're looking at a whole day of photography. Um, we're looking at stylists to get you clothes. You might want to be wearing like some real designer threads, but you don't want to spring for those mm. designer threads. There are people who can go out and get you really awesome clothes on loan (laughs) so they would get them and bring them to a studio you wear them the labels are all still inside but we carefully hide them and then at the end of the day they go back to the shop it's you know and then you have hair and makeup or um, like manly manscaping and all those kinds of things and so you look tip top and like fashion show like um kind of magazine ready on your photo shoot and then after the actual shoot there's all of the finishing side so depending on what service we have um i might just go through and pick out the best images for you and give them to you and that's Mm -hmm. it done but then on the top end we might meet up if we've got hundreds of pictures to work through i might meet up with somebody in your team before we present a final cut to you if you're if you're pressed for time um we have a situation where i can put images hosted on a private area online mm-hmm. and you and your team let's say you're doing a new website your web team can go in there start looking around saying oh actually that one was, was going to work really well for the new website can we have that one please and then we can start talking about retouching requirements. So maybe you really hate your left elbow or you've got a real problem with how fat your earlobes look, <laughs> all those kinds of things. We can incorporate that into retouching. And then again, I work in a very collaborative way with people like graphic designers. So maybe you want to talk about doing a picture as a Christmas card or, you know, depending for the rest of your marketing mix a lot of people cotton on and think, oh, we could use these photos for this. And, mm. oh, we could use them for that and that and that and that. So we start working together with the rest of those suppliers on your behalf to take the faff time out of it. Um, and then all of the finishing is completed and done. And I usually work with the suppliers directly. So I would give graphic designers image files um, cropped and in resolutions and all those sorts of things on your behalf. Um, sometimes people want me to talk directly with their publishers. Right. So if they're writing a book, I would give the images directly to them. Um, but if they're thinking, oh, well, I want to write a book in six months time, I have a document which is like a, a license document. So I create one of those and people can keep that on file so that when they ever need to give an image to somebody and they need to prove that they have um, a license to it. I would never give anybody copyright. Mm-hmm. I give them a license to use the images. That's the document that they need. And that's part of the finishing. So that's kind of the whole thing in a real quick nutshell. But there's a lot of other things around just the picking up of the camera. Sure. I've just, I was going to ask you to spell shawami for me, but I've actually shawami. seen that shawami actually appears on your website. So maybe just give me an example. And there are loads of examples on your website, Um And there's Victoria who did the full shawami. I've already mentioned Beverly who went quirky. Maybe just quickly talk me through how you took somebody from A to B during the process and what the result was for them and, and, and what it did for their image and what it did for their brand. Yeah, I often find, um, for an example with Beverly there, I know she um, was looking to elevate her pictures and she had this situation where it had gone a little bit over 
my deadline of two years. And she was like, I need to update them, Laura. I really do. I need to update them. But the bonus effect of having updated her headshots with me was she was starting to um, try and get herself booked as a speaker at different expos and conferences and things. Right. And because we had that um, license document I told you about, so I said, right, well, when you go and you start pushing yourself forward as a speaker – Bearing in mind the speakers that I was telling you about before in San Diego that I work with and their kinds of terms that they have as standard. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what the big guys do. Do this and you'll knock their socks off. So she um, took she took one of her, I think she provided them with three pictures. So usually when you're on the lineup for an expo, they'll say, right, send a picture, send a bio and um, what it is you're talking about. So I said, right, give them three pictures, give them a copy of the commercial license to use and tell them um, that these are the terms for the imagery. And um, just because she'd supplied those additional images and they were so much better than everyone else's. And obviously she is a great talker and she has she has a great talk that she does. Yeah. She said to me that she thinks that's why she was boosted up to being a keynote. And now she's got being a keynote speaker on her um, speaker resume CV. That's interesting. That's really interesting. It's your profile, you know. It's the way you're putting yourself out there. It's in the performance world. It's the same way as having a killer photograph for when you're doing like a go see as a mm. model, or if you're going to an audition. If you've got a really good calling card, so it's if you've got a good photograph, and you you're, that's what you leave when you walk out the room. You know, you think you're like if you're watching X Factor or something. When you leave the room. You're leaving them with the memory of your performance, but you're also if you leave that photo, it's like, oh yeah, she was beautiful actually, or oh yeah, he, yeah, that is what he looked like. Yeah, let's book him. Yeah, let's give him the star slot. Yeah, it's really interesting. And again, I think that even if somebody went for the the half hour session, or they went for the full shawami as you describe it, it's still going to help their brand. It's still going to help them stand out more than if they just relied upon their own skills with an iPhone yeah. or or a or a point and shoot camera. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, it's this is the thing with not having to be fighting over that price point, like we touched on earlier on. Um, I sometimes meet people, and they might be feeling really apprehensive about mm-hmm. it. And I'll say to them, I'm like, right, okay, if, you, if you're feeling unsure, let's go for one of the lower end packages and t- keep that for two years and see how it works for you. And based on performance, in two years' time, come back and tell me what you want to do. And I've got people now coming in and they're like, yeah, it worked really great. Let's go for more time. Let's go for a higher package because I now have a clearer idea of where I want to go visually with my brand. It yeah. worked. This is fascinating stuff, Laura. So what would you say is the one thing that you want people listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from your experience as a marketeer and now as a specialist headshot photographer? So the one thing that I hear a lot of people um, in networking events in the financial world say to me, and I don't know, you'll have to clear this up for me if this is mumbo jumbo, <laughs> like a big excuse or not, is that they can't use social, they can't document. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Or are there really that many restrictions? Well, the financial services industry is obviously incredibly heavily regulated. And it's quite convenient, I think, at, at some points to use that as an excuse not to be on social media or not to be um, not to be developing um too much of a website but the reality is the regulations 
um, apply to what we call financial promotions, i.e., you know, advertising investments or advertising insurance products, etc. As long as you're not promoting a specific product or giving specific advice, then there isn't a problem. But I think that there is this fear, if I'm on social media, if I put this up on my website, it's going to be an issue. And a lot of the time is, what I say to people is, don't push product, just point to great content. And there's nothing better content-wise for creating a relationship with with somebody than a good photograph or a good video. Yeah, and it can be it can be perceived in a lot of different ways. You know, a picture says a thousand words. Mm. And if you're just documenting your journey at doing what it is that you do, you're not necessarily pushing any products, are you? Absolutely. You're not, not necessarily advising anyone. So I would say my one piece of advice is to just start getting your phone out and taking pictures to document your journey through what it is you're doing um and you know use those pictures instagram would be a great place for somebody mm-hmm. who's really really cautious um and fearful i mean twitter i know there's a lot of um fear around twitter but instagram would be a great place because there's not a lot of competition out there for people in the financial sector mm-hmm. so and that is literally picture documentation so start using instagram would be my advice and start doing it yourself but you thought a photographer was not going to say that. <laughs> no, but once but once you've documented that journey or documented what it looks like behind the scenes of your business, for example, then mm. they can say to you, Laura, come in and let's turn this document that I've created myself, let's turn that into a proper professional series of images to support my business, to support my personal brand, whatever it is. Yeah. Or let's now that I've got more of a following, let's add that extra glossy layer on top of this day to day documentation. And because you have that following that you sometimes just the documentation of you having the photo shoot, Uh like the social sharing of you, like this is me in the studio. People will be like, oh, wow, how fun. (laughs) That's amazing. That's so exciting. You know, what a glamorous thing to be doing. You know, you enjoy it. That alone gets so much traffic. And then me blogging about what we did and why we did it, I put that all out for the client. Yeah, I get a little bit of traffic to my site, but we link that all up for the client. And that's promotion for them as well. Mm -hmm. But that's not advice on what their products and services are. It's a marketing event for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. I think this is really good advice, Laura, really good advice. And one of the things I also like to explore with the people on the podcast is what you're seeing from other companies and marketing campaigns, products, whatever it might be. So Laura, is there something that you've seen out there recently? It could be a marketing campaign, it could be a product, it could have been a billboard or even just a photograph, something that stood out for you. Tell me what it was and what you took from it. You know what I am blown away with um, is service. So I think we have a real divide at the moment happening with exceptional, mind-blowing service and then people who just aren't quite cutting it. So I was talking with my sister recently on WhatsApp. She lives over in New York. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm eating very healthy right now. Um, She's a Pilates instructor, so she is uber healthy. And I had a knock at the door yesterday and it was a guy holding a box and it was from HelloFresh. And she had ordered me some food in New York to be delivered 
So I now have some fresh food. I was like, what has this come from America? <laughs> and it was like a surprise. So sh- you can now send a surprise internationally, but it was fresh food. But when you open the box, it was just like a whole experience, Roger. Mm. I can't tell you. I don't know if you've ever had food from these guys. Um, but it, you get like a little um, in like an ingredient. All the ingredients are there, like a Delia Smith show, like everything's pre-measured out for you. But um, then there was all these little extra bonuses. Like if you join us, um, you can have a little coffee thing. Um, and now how cool is this? Every time either me or Tom are on Facebook or on social media, I don't know how they do this. Um hello fresh adverts all yeah, over the place yeah. and i'm so impressed by that yeah what well, they're I, I i actually um have them appearing in my facebook feed as well and what's happened is they've put a pixel on their website and because you visited their website it's recorded the fact and then the next time you go into um, facebook they know that they can target you with an advert because they know that you've been to their website it's like when you you know i, I find this all the time no, but i haven't been to their site though have you not well there must be something else going on then they'll 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 have a way it'll be data within facebook somehow that knows that you are associated with them it could be a phone number it could be it could just be where you live and and that sort of because she has made the order Mm. as a surprise yeah and that i mean yeah the facebook pixel if i had made the order like if i'm snooping around for a holiday or a pair of shoes i expect that holiday and those pair of shoes to follow me around for weeks (laughs) i know that but it's the fact that she placed the order and now they're chasing us around to say like come and join us i think that's so clever but because it was such a it's a wonderful surprise and Mm. it was such a joy to open this box and you know it was the idea of a surprise it's i feel like flattered that they're kind of like winking at me all over on social media <laughs> and, <laughs> and laura tell me about a business book you've read recently again one that's really stood out and you've learned from tell me what it was and what you liked about that sure okay so i recently um and it's an it's an old favorite i have to be honest um a book called worth every penny mm-hmm. And it's written by um, a photographer who's also an ex-marketer. Can you see the correlation there? <laughs> um, she is called Sarah Petty. Right. And she has, um, I think she's in the portraiture business, but her previous um, career was working for Coca-Cola. So she is very, very skilled in branding. But her book, Worth Every Penny, talks about how you kind of knock people's socks off um, to the point where they think, do you know what, that extra service really was just worth every single penny. And it's filled with great ideas around exceptional service and how you can add so much value without it costing, you know, an arm and a leg to you as a business owner. Fantastic. Laura, it's been really, really interesting talking to you today about the importance of photography, how it can elevate your personal brand, how it can elevate your business brand. Once again, I'm sat here slapping myself on the wrist. I've still not got (laughs) myself organized and got my own headshots done. I'm hoping that people listening to the podcast today are going to want to get in touch with you, Laura. So tell us what's the best way that people should connect with you. Well, I've been hopping on and on throughout the show about how I want people to pick up their phones and take better pictures. So how about we put um, a guide in the show notes yeah. for um, people to do better selfies? I've got a good guide for that. So um, you might be taking great pictures of 
um, I don't know, your cats or flowers or something. But I specifically want you to take better selfies. You don't necessarily have to share them with anyone. I just want you to do better photographs of yourself first. So let's share that with people. Um, and then they can get in touch with me there. But if you just want to hit me up on social media, my contact details on any platform, because I'm quite socially addicted, <laughs> is L Pearman Photos. Fantastic. And that's Twitter, Instagram, the whole kit and caboodle. The whole shawami, yeah. The whole shawami. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot what it was and I said kit and caboodle, but I did mean shawami. <laughs> <laughs> another convert (laughs) fantastic laura thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and i wish you every success for the future and i hope to meet you in person in the very near future thanks very much see ya thanks for listening to the marketing and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf for links to the topics apps and books we discussed If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.